Robinson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 100 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada, as always. I want to thank you for the 100 episodes now that you've been a part of, whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, or, or any other location that you get your podcasts. Today is very special. It's number 100. We're doing it live on Facebook and YouTube. We got a panel going on today. We're going to do a lot of rants, a lot of talking about what we did didn't like about WrestleMania, and some of the other stupidity that's going on in uh, wrestling. Usually we check in on the Ontario scene. Ontario scene, unfortunately, is quite dormant at the moment, thanks to this disease that we're dealing with, with COVID-19. And so we got to skip that part. But there is a special announcement for the Scumbags Wrestling coming up. Before we get uh, going any further, I want to introduce our panel today. And we got Chris Maloney from... Canadian Wrestling Network and TNT. Chris, how are you? There he is. I'm good. I just had to turn my mic on. And uh, yeah, TNT, Thursday Night Throwdown, every Thursday at 8 p.m. There we go. There's my plug. Right here on Facebook and YouTube as well. Yes. And then second, going to go in the lineup that we have uh, in front of me. Steven, he's hey guys. joining us from Toronto. How are things? Very quiet, very creepy in Toronto right now. Not surprising, and uh, at the same time, kind of scary that somebody's saying quiet in Toronto in the same sentence. Uh, next up, another place that's kind of quiet is Chris Jones over in Niagara Falls. Jonesy, oh, it's, or- zomb- it's zombie world here. And that's not the Wax Museum? No, no, no. Okay. And finally, from Wingham, we got Clarence. Part of the crew at Midwestern Wrestling. Clarence, how are you? How's she going, guys? Good to see you. It's, it's always a quiet ghost town around here. So, with a, with or without disease? Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Hey, John, we 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 got one more as well. I don't know if you uh, saw him sign in. Oh, uh, not yet. Is it Gordon? No, it's Mr. Coper. Oh, Mr. Daniel Coper. How are hey. you, Daniel? I'm gonna bring him on. Daniel, fix your camera. I can just see your forehead. There we go. Oh, with the title belt. Damn, you he, he came prepared. Defend it. It's like a Ontario 24/7 championship right here. There you go, Daniel. How are you? All right. Welcome to episode number 100. You've been on a couple of our episodes, and glad to have people who've been around for some of these episodes. So. Just checking in with you guys. You've all seen WrestleMania? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Both days. Weak, wacky. Excellent. Okay, so just going to quickly run down the results. As you know, on night one, Cesaro beat uh, Drew Gulak in the opening uh, kickoff match. Then there was uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross picking up the tag belts from Kabuki Warriors. Elias beat King Corbin. Becky Lynch uh, beat Shayna Baszler in a quick match. Sami Zayn beat uh, Daniel Bryan to retain the IC title. John Morrison captured the uh, tag team titles to defend in a triple threat ladder match. And uh, Kevin Owens beat Seth Rollins. And then we had the uh, oh, Goldberg beat. I lost to Braun Strowman for a new Universal Champion. And then finally the Boneyard match. Thoughts on night one, guys? We'll start clockwise. So, Chris, 
Stephen, all the way to Daniel. Chris? Um, I still haven't seen Oh, sorry. Oh, Hello, Jones. Oh. Yeah, Jonesy. <laughs> You're no longer Chris on this show. It's just Jonesy. But anyways, uh, I, I, still I, I still haven't seen both full shows. Uh, I still got to catch up on the Edge match and then the uh, Fatal Five-Way and, and uh, the Otis match and stuff like that. But for the most part, it was good. Um, best match that still stands out is still Taker and AJ. Um, you know, the uh, Universal title, the WWE Championship squash matches, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one match I think that surprised me, and and it, oh, it was that first match between Gulak and uh, with Daniel Bryan, right? That was uh, that was pre-show or whatever. Oh, oh Cesaro, yeah, yeah. See, I mean ROH guys, but the fact is, yeah, that was uh, that was up there for me. But uh, I'll go back and check out the Edge match. I know people have said it's long, but uh, uh, you know, it's still Edge's comeback match. So I've uh, seen lots of photos and stuff like that. So, anyways, uh, for the most part, good show. Um, night one. Night two, can't say too much about, but uh, Firefly Funhouse, never again, hopefully. Steven, your thoughts? It was okay. I mean, the Boneyard match really surprised me. It was really good. Um, trying to think. That was the Rhea. Night one had Rhea Ripley, right? And Charlotte? The night, night two had Rhea Ripley. So, actually, just before we uh, do continue, night two was Liv Morgan beating uh, Natalia. Uh, Ripley losing to Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship. Black defeated uh, Lashley. Otis beat Dolph and got Mandy Rose. Edge and Orton went about 37 minutes in a uh, false count. And, I mean, that last man standing match. Street Profits beat Garza and uh, Austin Theory. And that was the debut also of Bianca Belair. Bailey uh, retained her women's championship. The Fiend beat uh, Cena in the Funhouse, and Drew beat uh, Brock for the uh, WWE championship. So those are night two. I mean, it was good. The two nights kind of, I like kind of that it was split in two. It was much more watchable than it felt. WrestleMania is usually what, like, 30 hours it feels like but i mean it was good i hope that there's no more firefly funhouse matches because i wasn't on enough acid to watch that clearly I didn't, I, <laughs> that clearly yeah. hurt my head um i mean the boneyard match was very well done i could watch that because it was actually well done but it WrestleMania met my expectations for what it was. Cool. Yeah, we're going to break down uh, at least the Boneyard match and uh, Firefly Funhouse afterwards. Um, a couple of questions to ask you guys about it. Jonesy, your thoughts on the uh, entire weekend? Jonesy. I the wrestling was good. Yes, I, I started talking. Yeah. Your thoughts? Okay. So, no. Uh, first night was good. Undertaker match was fine. The second night, I thought the Edge match was boring as shit. I'm sorry. For his comeback match, that was crap. For him to put himself at risk for a serious injury to do that type of wrestling, which isn't what he usually does, no sense to me. Uh, Firefly Fun uh, House match, I thought it was good to the point of it was ridiculous it was something new uh did it make a lot of sense no but 
fuck the NWO stuff. All the stuff they did with him was hilarious as shit. Clarence, your thoughts? Uh, best match of the night was definitely the Boneyard match. We actually we watched that again today. Um, and the other ones just felt flat. A lot of them just didn't. It's the crowd. Without the crowd, they just fall flat. The Edge match, I enjoyed it. I don't know why he would do something like that after nine years and neck surgeries, but it was a good match. It was too long, though. But all in all, I liked the two nights. I think they might start doing it regularly. And finally, Daniel, your thoughts? I thought it was pretty good, but it was weird not having any crowds. Because, I don't know, it's just quiet. <laughs> yeah, uh, so in my case, uh, just looking at uh, the card overall, my favorite uh, match definitely for the night one would have been uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins. I actually had a little bit higher hopes for Sammy and uh, Dana Bryan, but I guess with Sammy playing the cowardly manager, it makes sense we're not getting El Generico against Brian Danielson. And then night two, uh, I'd say it was uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, at least for the matches that happened in the Performance Center. Of course, what more can you really say about the acid trip that was the Funhouse? Um, Got to do a lot of analyzing just to figure out where things were going on that one. Probably watch it two or three times before you get to everything that they were trying to reference. And, of course, Boneyard match. That was uh, cinematic uh, at its best, and I heard Jeremy Borash had uh, his hand in it. And it was what I expected, actually, for the ones that were out of the Performance Center. So it was really good. Um, just in general, what was your favorite uh, match that happened in the Performance Center? Uh, I already told mine that would be Cesaro against uh, uh, Drew Gulak. Uh, hopefully they push Gulak. I think uh, I think towards the summer, if wrestling ever comes back, I think it'd be uh, a good thing. Steven, your uh, favorite performance center match? Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Jonesy? Goldberg. Simply because he actually did more than two or three moves. Yes, it was the same move over and over again, but... And it was the longest match he's probably had like in years. So yes, it still sucked, but I thought it was much better than the crap they put out with him so far. Clarence, um, the TLC match with Don Morrison, I, was, I love the finish. Yeah, definitely unique on that one. I don't think they've ever played that uh, version of somebody retaining that way or yeah. at least getting the uh, prize at the top like that before. Daniel, your thoughts? Favorite uh, I have to go with uh, Edge and Randy Orton. Okay. Um, so then the Boneyard match. Um, well, actually, let's go with uh, thoughts on the Firefly Funhouse. This would probably be everybody blowing their mind out on this one. I've already heard, obviously, people saying that, you know, acid trip and uh, no, never do it again. But what happens with John Cena on his next appearance in WWE? Does he... Where does he go from here? never see him again. True. Do we see him again? And if so, what happens? 
What would that, you like to see happen? That's like asking if we'll ever see The Rock again. Like you know you will. The difference is like that was a one-off thing. Hopefully they do something similar to that again, just a lot better directed. Yeah. Uh Jonesy, your thoughts? That match reminded me of a lot of B movies, uh, humor, dark humor. Yes, it was bad for what WWE usually presents, but maybe they've got some horror guy working for them right now because that match and the Boneyard match had a lot of stuff borrowed and taken from a lot of horror movies. The very end with AJ putting his hand up, that was just like horror movie gold there as far as what so many have done before but i think it is one uh, off match i don't think it's going to affect xena at all he's going to come back however he wants to come back and bray wyatt he'll just who knows what they're going to do with him but hopefully they let him wrestle more than that i think that was the problem with that match there was very little wrestling yeah, I think in my case, the uh, problem with that one was I thought it was going to be on the line of what uh, the Boneyard match was and Desiree do some physicality more so than they did. But when you had a 37-minute match of Edge and Orton doing that same sort of thing throughout the Performance Center, you can't really do it back-to-back and expect people to tune in. Uh, what they do with Cena, hopefully there might be a little bit of a character tweak, but the only thing I thought was missing was also a appearance by the Nexus. Uh, since we were doing John Cena, this is your life. So with the <laughs> Boneyard match, uh, overall your thoughts on it, but then also Foley had tweeted out that he wants to be part of another Boneyard match because well, the way it was filmed, he could actually have a good-looking match. But does this open the door for more uh, for Taker? And could you see them doing Taker Sting finally in this sort of environment? We'll go reverse with uh, Daniel, your thoughts on any of that. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, especially how Undertaker comes riding up on his motorcycle. Yeah, so do you see uh, them doing more of that? Would you like to see a Foley or a Sting or anybody else do that? I'd love to see another one. Clarence, if they're gonna if they're gonna continue this American badass slash Undertaker slash cinematic masterpiece, then yeah, throw everybody that we've always wanted to the Sting, the Cactus Jack, like shit, dig up Terry Funk, bring him back for one more. Like, let's keep doing these. these it was it was like getting hooked into a, a good action scene in a good movie. Like, it, it was great. And Josie? If you remember on the previous show, I said that that movie Monster uh, Brawl, that Undertaker match was had that vibe that they did in that movie slash pay-per-view. And I think that is more towards what they're going to go towards is doing an event like that. Watch that movie because it will, you will, your mind will be blown. Steven. 
if they do another one, big if, should be maybe once a year at a WrestleMania, maybe once a year, and I could see Sting Undertaker. Not that I want to see it now, but I feel like that could be a next year WrestleMania, but. They can't do that type of match too often because it would just lose its appeal and its uniqueness. So if they're going to do it, next year's WrestleMania, but you only can do this so often before it gets old or they overdo it or they – so if they're going to do it, next year WrestleMania, and I could live with Undertaker Sting. So problem is it's WWE and in saying that they're going to overkill the shit out of this and then basically we're going to have 16 matches by the next WrestleMania where it's like uh, basically you'll have Sting against Vince McMahon, you'll have Vince McMahon bring back Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean it's one of those things that they're going to take it and they're running to you know my personal viewpoint they're going to circus the shit out of this which means they're going to kill it. They're going to take that one match that should be one and done and overkill it. And it's going to be like that post Malone, you know, uh, song on the radio that you hear 50 times over and expect the radio stations to be like, Oh yeah. Hey, still like this is like, fuck that. Now forget about it. So hopefully they, uh, they leave it at that. Uh, you know, as far as the gimmick matches go like this, I don't see a problem with doing a WrestleMania style. Like if you want to do like a sting, um, but I wouldn't mind seeing Brock Lesnar in one of these types of graveyard matches. I think that would be cool. Who you put him against, though? I don't know. Like maybe you're like a Braun Strowman or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, just wondering if you guys think that uh, doing the Boneyard match kind of rehabs the tarnished legacy that Taker sort of was getting after uh, losing to Brock and even Roman, and looking like he was retiring and leaving his coat and hat behind, and then still going and having really bad matches. Does this make up for any of it? WrestleMania 12. Rowdy Rowdy Piper Gold Dust. You remember that? Yeah. So they've been doing this forever. I mean, it's uh, what brawl. Yeah, that's uh, and then there was there was a outside thing. I think what was a WrestleMania nine or ten between Luger and Hennig, or something like that. So they've been playing this gimmick thing up for like what almost thirty years. So um, as far as Taker goes, I think when he either had lost against Brock Lesnar or he had left his coat and everything in the ring. It should have been that's the end of the demon, the phenom, American badass. That's fine, or that should have been it. Call it a career, you know. WrestleMania next, the very next WrestleMania, they should have uh, inducted him, and that should have been it. But he's uh, destroying his legacy right now. Yeah, that's why I'm asking though. Does the Boneyard match kind of make up for what he's done since there? Where you know we go, oh my God, Taker's back again. We've seen DX against Brothers of Destruction, seeing. Taker and Goldberg, which were horrible matches in Saudi Arabia, does this make up for it? If he ends his career on this, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I don't think he will, now that they can cut and edit and not do it live. I think they'll do more with him, but they'll make him look a lot better than throwing him in a ring for half an hour when he can't do five minutes. I'm okay if they do... Next year, like I said, WrestleMania, one more of these, and that's his send-off. I'm also okay if this is his send-off. I don't want to see him in a standard 
wrestling match because we all know the Undertaker can't go like he used to, which is unfortunate. But I would either this is his send off or maybe him sting next year WrestleMania, and that's the send off for both of them. But I really hope they don't put him back in a standard match. You kind you kind of watch every single Undertaker match and go, this could be the last time. Then when it's not, you go, oh, God, how's this going to end up going? So, yeah. But can we all agree if this is his last match? I'm, rest- cool, with I, I'm, I'm cool with it. It's 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 the appropriate send-off for him. I- for sure. And there was no Hall of Fame either. What was that? There was no Hall of Fame this year. No, well, due to the uh, COVID-19 uh, stuff going on, I heard that uh, Hall of Fame has been bumped over to uh, SummerSlam weekend, provided it can uh, go off. Oh, okay. I thought they were doing them throughout the next little bit on Raw or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't heard that part. Because... Uh, uh, last I saw was Georgia uh, Smith, which is Baby Boy's daughter, had posted that it was going to not happen until the summer, which is good. They need to have the same the same level as everybody before them. Like instead of a two minute clip on the Titan Tron, and then here's your plaque or your ring, they need to do something big like they have been. Yep, still make it special for everybody and put yeah. it on one of the major four uh, pay per view weekends which doesn't hurt. It just will help whatever city ends up hosting it. I think in this case, it's Boston is supposed to be doing SummerSlam this year. So, Yeah, good old Beantown right there, Red Sox. Speaking of things that are canceled, um, XFL canceled their season just like the NBA, NFL. Well, NFL was done. NHL, Major League Baseball and everything. But now they announced that this week that they're ceasing operations. So almost the exact same amount of time of being in existence for the first time of uh, the XFL, it's shutting down, I guess, fully this time. They've released all their um, employees, except for maybe a small handful of office people. Do you see it being able to come back after – uh, everything clears up because Vince did uh, bank on having a loss for a couple of years, or is it totally done? It's done. I'm a football fan and I tried to watch the XFL. This was like a mercy killing. This COVID, it the football was bad, really, really bad. Maybe, maybe there's two or three guys who can go from the XFL to the NFL. But it was bad. I couldn't watch it. I watched for a, a couple of weeks, and then it was it it was a mercy killing. Anyone else watch the XFL? I loved it. What? I actually enjoyed it myself. It'll be a three time, three time, three time try. I've been I've been playing football and watching football for over twenty years. It was different which caught my attention, but it was also, there would be a lot less injuries on the way they performed it. And I think the CFL and the NFL are going to take some of their rules and stuff 
I think it'll come back. I think this is just a, a way of them saving money because it hasn't been out like like the NBA. There's not a you know a ravenous fan backing that can support everybody else still working. I think it'll be back. Yeah, this might have been just a way of uh, in what you're saying, Clarence, is possibly letting them all go if they need to go get another job, EI, or anything like that. And if things are able to go back, then they can come back and uh, go again. Because when they originally did shut it down after suspending play after week five, Vince said it is coming back in 2021. Yeah. So this could just be an office thing. Yeah. This is a purely budget thing. Like, it's them saving money. Because, I mean, they're losing money in the XFL. (coughs) They're losing money in WWE. They're like everybody's losing money. So if you can cut one thing out, bring it back, you know, in the in the fall, in the winter, start pumping everything back up for it. They have great talent, great coaches. They finally did it where it's you know, you have fourteen to eighteen thousand people. Like they did it right. Yeah, even though the ratings seem to have been dipping week after week, I did notice that the uh, attendance was going up for uh, certain uh, places, including I saw somebody mention about Seattle was having better uh, attendance than uh, what um, L.A. Rams are going to end up having. So Seattle could have actually gotten the NFL team. And, I mean, being able to watch football 12 months a year, you you can't ask for anything better than that. I mean, I like some of the rules, but I didn't find that it was – there was some – like, I think they need to – if they bring it back, I, I think they need to get out of some of the markets they're in and go more smaller towns and not – like, New, I think New York had a team. Why? It wasn't, like – Go just outside of New York and draw the the people who would go watch it. I mean, there's so much going on in some of these cities that, I mean, Seattle's perfect because other than outside of uh, regular Seahawks season, there's no, they have the baseball team, but they don't have a basketball team. So if the XFL comes back, they need to find markets that do not have that basketball or hockey where, you know, people want to go see sports, but they need, that's where the XFL could come in. Anyone else with thoughts on the XFL or? I agree with Clarence. I think it's all just basically came down to a financial thing. Um, I mean, you know that as a, uh, uh, you know, um, promotion that uh, you're shut down and, you're losing money left and right, and WWE stock is going down as well. You know, it's uh, cut your cut your ties, cut your losses, whatever the case may be. So, um, on the good note, I mean, he's not kind of saying see you later because of attendance issues or because the league sucked or anything like that. That's uh, it was one of those things that COVID shut it down. So it's uh, going the history books is that. I mean, you can be like whatever you want to say and say, hey, the games weren't good, or the fact is I had to get used to a new system. But the fact is, it's always going to go down as COVID shut it down. So. Yeah, just like everything else. Yep. Uh, okay, so craziness of also what's going on. 
Um, normally, we don't uh, talk a lot about the uh, MMA, but Dana White has been crazy trying to get his own island for fighting, trying to go on uh, native reserves in uh, California. I guess um, he had everything all set up and ready to go, but uh, a governor in California ended up contacting ESPN or Disney, and Disney finally got Dana to shut down and stop his craziness of trying to get it uh, going unsanctioned. But, you know, he's sitting back waiting for his opportunity to do so. But that brings us to AEW and WWE, and I guess even Impact. They're still going to be trying to do empty arena uh, productions. When do their networks end up saying enough's enough and shut them down? All right. Problem is Anthem owns Impact Wrestling. Anthem is also owning Access TV. So that's uh, case in point. Uh, Impact taped two months of uh, television apparently uh, down in Nashville. And then I guess they're ceasing as of as of after those tapings, if they've taken place already. Um, AEW, I think, is done um, for the most part. The same sort of thing. They've taped a lot of shows. Uh, we'll see what happens once they run out. WWE... Uh, fuck them right now for doing what they're doing, uh, especially with the announcement that came out with regards to, hey, we're going to go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, and Vince McMahon is like, oh, yeah, well, you know, everything that's going on, you guys need us to be, you know, there for you. And as far as Dana White goes, there's a reason him and Vince McMahon get along. And Dana is absolutely nuts. I understand that he's got a passion for what he does, but the fact is it's not. Nah. I mean, just shut everything down, give people a break. And on top of that, there was an announcement just past 24 hours of WWE employee, um, part of the ring crew or whatever the case may be, had tested positive for COVID. They didn't announce that at all. So it's, uh, I mean, it, it's scary because the fact is you deal with somebody that you work with. Next thing you know, you bring it home to your family and, you know, the rest is history. So it's uh, just shut everything down. That's my opinion. I read there was three of them that tested positive. It was Lashley, Corey Graves and Carmella. Read that yesterday. And yeah, they were apparently gory quarantined, and that's why they were able to come back. Though Lashley came back for WrestleMania, and Graves and uh, Carmella were able to be available this past Friday. Uh, bringing up what you said, uh, Chris, is the fact that Vince had thought about uh, taping months in, or at least weeks in advance, and then all of a sudden changed his mind and is now aggressively going to do this uh, every other day recording which definitely puts their talent in more risk i've said uh, a few times either here on uh, scumbags wrestling podcast or on tnt i don't mind the fact that they're carrying on but i do like the fact that they're do they were going to do packaged uh, recordings and then allowed talent to be safe in their homes for weeks on end this way i can't totally uh, support uh, and agree with regardless of the entertainment value uh, going on. Uh, anyone else's thoughts on it, Daniel? I hope they change their mind and they do a, they end up taping for, until mid-May, like do the uh, whatever, three, four, five, six days, whatever it takes to, and then send everyone home. But who knows what they're going to, it changes. I don't know even how in Florida they're allowed to tape right now. They got uh, letters saying that they're essential media. When you're when you're Vince McMahon, you find a way to 
turn it into being like Sean said, essential media. You throw a couple bucks at people and all of a sudden you're allowed to do stuff that nobody else can. Nobody else is putting on wrestling shows. But hey, go ahead, WWE. You know, I I think I think we're about ten years away from in the movie Running Man where they put in Jesse and Arnold and digitize them and have them fighting. Soon they're gonna be able to do that. Daniel, your thoughts? Uh, just wondering if they still want to take the chance of people actually, you know, getting the virus and instead of just taking a break. From from everything I've heard about WWE, Vince McMahon, they're going to take the risk because at the end of the day, they really don't care. They're independent contractors. They're you know, Vince McMahon wants it done, and Vince McMahon gets it done, no matter what, or he'll guilt you into doing it. Okay, here's a here's a question for everybody because this is something and we it, haven't talked about. Um, with regards and it being... to, I think jo- Jonesy's on <laughs> a little bit of a delay, but anyways, <laughs> um, if what I've read is true, a lot of this. Yeah, I must apparently... be on the delay. I'm trying to talk and. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If apparently what's true, what I've read is the fact is because WWE has contracts with Fox and NBC Universal, which owns the USA Network, what I've read is they are allowed to do three taped shows a year. Um, other than that, they have to produce 49 live shows. So when it comes to these billion dollar contracts, do you guys believe that's the case? Uh, the fact is, if they don't go and do these 49 live shows, they're either in breach or the fact is they can re- rework a contract with the WWE to say, hey, you didn't give us what we asked for, so now we're going to basically you know, fuck you over. Um, is it one of those things that you guys believe as wrestling fans to be true? The fact is that they have to give 49 live shows a year. I think I heard uh, somewhat the same numbers with Dana White and uh, ESPN. Uh, supposed to be like 40-some-odd events, and he only has 42 more weeks. Uh, to go, so if they do get the green light, and that has to happen. He would also be doing like multiple uh, pay per views throughout the week just to make sure he gets those 40 in. So, if yeah. that is the case, then that's a little bit understandable. But in the circumstances that we have right now, with everything being shut down legally uh, by different states saying no, you can't do this, there should be consideration in their contracts because of that. But why can't they all just quarantine at the performance center for 14 days and do a live show a day with the people they have there and then we're good. Contracts are upheld. I'm sure the contract doesn't say how many viewers, how what the ratings are, all that stuff. It just says you have to do a live show. Yeah. So, Jonesy, you were going to say something. Three, two. Yes, I was. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to look at the screen because it's throwing me off. Um, I can't even remember what you guys were talking about now. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I don't know if it's the computer that's on a delay or if it's Jonesy. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Jonesy. 
<laughs> Computer. It's all good. Um, so uh, I was going to bring it up, and Stephen uh, did send me a uh, link there. Uh, declared uh, on the bump the other day that the NXT uh, Cruiserweight Championship, we just lost Jonesy for a moment. Hopefully we'll be back. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship has been declared somewhat vacant. Uh, Jordan Devlin is still the official champion, but because he's stuck over in the UK with uh, the COVID-19, uh, no traveling uh, circumstances, they're going to do an interim champion just like MMA does, and they're going to do an eight-person or eight-man uh, tournament and do it almost G1 uh, style, uh, bracket A, bracket B, uh, round robin, four people in each bracket. And come up with a uh, champion who eventually it'll probably look like a Shawn Michaels and uh, Razor Ramon back at WrestleMania 10, where the real champ and the interim champ will end up colliding. But uh, so it says here eight superstars will be split into two groups of four. Uh, superstars will compete against each of the uh, three other members of their group. The superstar with the best record in each group will advance to the championship match. Any ties will be broken by head-to-head -head record, and a winner of Group A will face the winner of Group B to determine the interim champion. Now, I also did find out that there is at least the first four for Group A been released, and Group A has Kushida, Drake Maverick, Tony Nese, and Jake Atlas. Uh, still waiting on Group uh, B, but your thoughts on this format and the idea of an interim champion? It's just content. That's exactly what we were talking about before. This is a way that they can get something on TV. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy can go to the UK NXT and defend it over there or whatever. Daniel? Uh, not really sure. <laughs> Steven? Uh, I mean... It, it makes sense. Get a, an interim cruiserweight champ here in the States that you can eventually have them. Who knows how long this is going to take, but they can defend the champ championship on uh, TV. I think you're eventually going to find the same thing with the NXT tag titles with it, with it, them being split with uh, Pete Dunn being over in the UK. But I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's good content. Hopefully the other four superstars are going to be good. So I don't know who they'll be able to get, who's willing. I don't I don't know how this is going to work, but at least it's quality uh, content to watch. Maloney? This could be Mike Kanellis' big win coming up on the uh, Group B side. But anyways, uh, uh, serious points. Um, I mean, what they're doing is 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 like exa almost exactly what you said uh, with regards to interim champ all of a sudden WrestleMania Ten type moment. But uh, uh, seeing the bracket released, I think Kushida. I think this would be a good way to establish him as WWE, you know, uh, NXT guy. Um, the, different from what they did with Kenta. Now, in that being said, Kenta had a lot of injuries and everything else. But the fact is. Um, why not try to establish a guy like Kushida? Because the fact is, he is known. He can carry that championship. And as far as the Jordan Devlin versus uh, uh, Kushida match, I'd love to see, especially being a New Japan fan. So, 
Uh, anyone else uh, see who uh, they'd like to see come out of Group A? Drake Maverick. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I think Who's your front runner uh, for Group A there, Stephen. It's got it. I'm assuming it's going to be Kashida, but it could be uh, that Jake uh, Atlas. Because wasn't he on? Was that not the guy that was on the undercover boss? Yeah, he's the guy that uh, Stephanie gave the the contract or whatever to. Those are the only two I could see. I guess it depends on who's going to be in Group B, which, from what I read, is going to be announced at 3 o'clock today. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, definitely like your idea that it could be uh, Canellis in there, uh, Chris, but uh, I'm not sure who the other ones would be. Probably a uh, Danny – well, I was going to say a Danny Birch, but maybe they're uh, over in the U.K. as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what else is there. Oh, uh, the revival just uh, got released officially on uh, Good Friday, so it was a Good Friday for them. Uh, they're going to be going by uh, different names, and could they show up in AEW? If so, what would you like to see done with them? Well, everybody, oh, go ahead, Clarence. They're not going to be anywhere anytime soon. If everything's pre-recorded already, I mean, you'll probably see them on on Raw or something in a week just because it's already filmed and all that stuff. Well, maybe not raw. They'll, they'll go over to TNA. I would imagine they'll go to impact. You assume uh, hitting impact until they can go over to AEW. I don't think they're big enough to go to AEW yet. Personally. Daniel. I'd say probably over to impact. Better use to them over there. Yeah. Steven? I'm going to assume they end up in AEW. I think AEW's taping is good until May 10th. I mean, it's no coincidence that WWE released them after all this taping was done at, done at for AEW. Uh, like we were talking yesterday, this is the opportunity that – uh, the idea that I had that I we were talking about is a potential some sort of horseman-ish with Sean Spears and the the revival or whatever they're gonna go by and someone to be there that they just need something because well we'll talk about AEW show I'm sure in a little bit but they need something and I, I could see this revival could at least make the AEW tag division watchable. Maloney? So, uh, Steven's got me thinking about something here. So, I'm going to say AEW for sure. If they have to transition uh, in the meantime because of a no compete or whatever the case may be, uh, ROH or New Japan for like a month or so. Um, as far as what Steven was saying, though, I think it'd be cool to see them hook up with Sean Spears as well as see a hangman page turn, be part of that group. So you got Sean Spears, hangman page and the revival, all gifted wrestlers. Sean Spears has the experience obviously. And the revival, we know they're going to end up feuding with the young bucks and who does hangman page hate the most right now is Matt Jackson. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things I could easily see a faction being formed in AEW. Um, and I, it, 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 you know, as a wrestling fan, I'd be hyped to see it. 
But like I said, if they have to transition in between, I don't think it's going to be Impact. I think it's going to be ROH and New Japan. So I guess we'll wait and see. Problem is, is there's no not no compete from what I read. They're just released. But ROH isn't in taping, and you can't go over to Japan. So I think they're kind of stuck until May, uh, mid-May when the next round of tapings for AEW are. Well, technically, there's nothing stopping them from going over to Japan. It's just the fact is they'd be quarantined, whether, you know, whether they be over there. Um, yeah, because you've, over there. you've got promotions over there that have been running. New Japan is not one of them. They are, um, you know, uh, uh, lowering the curve, so to speak, or whatever the case may be. But um, I think if New Japan does finally say, hey, we're going to start running shows again, and I think they're cut right now till May the 4th or 5th, but they haven't announced anything further than that. And I think if they start doing shows again, especially with the AEW tie-in and Jericho and the Young Bucks and everything else, I think we could see the revival in New Japan for wrestling if, if the timing hits uh, sometime next month. I can also see, uh, even though we've been talking about the fact that AEW is uh, already recorded up until uh, mid-May, probably leading up to, uh, uh, what was it, Double or Nothing, uh, they were supposed to do in uh, Vegas. Uh, I think that was supposed to be uh, May 23rd. But uh, they can always do pre-taped stuff like uh, they do with being the elite and insert it uh, throughout their program if they're going to do anything with the revival. Thoughts on uh, the fact that they could uh, go that way? Or are you still leaning towards waiting for next tapings? I would wait to see if you have live fans at your next taping because that pop would be really big but i guess you could do pre-tape but you're not really going to get that bang for just a pre-tape sorry clarence like the matt hardy thing they would have got a lot bigger pop if he didn't show up in an empty arena yeah I mean, I if I'm running it, I'd hold off until to see if you're going to have fans in mid-May. But, I mean, we've seen what AEW does with their pre-tapes. Brody Lee. I'm afraid to see what they're going to look like if they do pre-tapes. Yeah, you could end up doing uh, more uh, Billionaire Ted or Billionaire Vince, in this case, with Brody Lee. Because that's all they're doing uh, right now. And I actually feel bad for uh, the Super Smash Brothers or Dark Order uh, members, Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson, now being second to Brody Lee. And he's doing this Vince ripoff thing. Hey, so, piss off on that. If anything at all, they are the number one contenders in the tag division. So they, they, they went from who the fuck are these guys on Twitter and, and social media crapping all over these guys when they debuted now to be irrelevant. And I think Brody Lee is going to do anything at all. He's going to heighten them. Yeah, but it's well, that see. got the victories. Brody Lee had nothing to do with them getting victories. No, no. I, I think with the, the whole COVID thing, I think that's the only reason we're seeing so much of Brody Lee. Because even there was one episode at AEW, I don't know if it was Dark or Dynamite, but it was like, yeah, this is uh, Creeper number eight and Creeper number nine. You know what I mean? So oh, God. Uh, they're very limited what what they can do right now. And, and that's that's one of the problems about what you guys were saying with regards to the debuts and stuff like that. It's like Matt Hardy's debut would have been so much better. Brody Lee's debut would have been so much better. 
But if they had wrestling as normal right now, what would it, we had seen as far as the Dark Order and the connection goes? Because right now it's a lot of Brody Lee stuff, but it's probably because he's the only one available. I mean, obviously, Grayson and uh, uh, Uno are probably trapped back here in Canada, so they're unavailable to go down in the States, you know what I mean? So um, in, in a perfect world, we would have seen what would have happened with all three of those guys. But uh, I think with what we're getting right now, um, I think, you know, Brody Lee is, if he's on TV, he's on TV. So is creeper the new uh, word for conquistador? Si, senor. <laughs> or Volano? Volano. How many Volanos? I know there was four and five, and all of a sudden, Jer Jericho, of all guys, would get in the ring, and, and his stick back in WCW was making fun of anybody he possibly could. But some of the segments with the Volanos were, were I mean, it, it had me in tears some days. Yeah, I think there was at least six Vianos. And then you had fucking El Dandy back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> and Super Calo. <clears throat> So, okay, um, sticking with AEW, though, AEW's got their uh, TNT uh, tournament starting. Mm -hmm. It's basically a TV title. Do you see any other outcome than the finals being Cody against Archer, or is it a foregone conclusion that these two are clashing in the finals? Hell no, a Spanish god, man. And that's your finals, and it's the worst title name I've heard. I mean, really? Hold on, hold on, hold on. wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm taking offense to this. What do, you, what do you mean, worst title name in the world? What, 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 is it, what is the actual title called? TNT Championship. Oh, okay. So, so anything that's titled TNT is just crap, then, eh? Well, well. <laughs> oh. I mean, but really, why would you fucking name the title <laughs> after the network you're on? He's trying you to fill the hole that he just dug. I named the fucking podcast after a network that existed, so. Hmm. I, I live with that. You don't have a championship belt. What if they get kicked off the network? I, I, got, a, I got a championship belt signed by um, uh, TJP. I can go get it. That's well, unfortunate. Oh, geez. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to mute the mic. Daniel, uh, talk smack against Steven up there. <laughs> it's just... They couldn't have named it a TV championship or Jesus Christ Superstar Championship. They had to name it. God damn it. TNT, really? Hey. Kind of lazy. So Steven is banned from TNT for a good year. You heard it on the yeah, show well, first. I, I mean, at least <laughs> your show's now then. At least your TNT show's entertaining. Fuck. Yeah, for the most part. Except for Sean doesn't ask questions to you, I guess. So. Well, he's the living Mr. Mute, clearly, today. He's not TNT, though. You are. Yeah, you're the lead on that show. Yeah. So when it came time for me to ask questions, I asked and inserted. But when you got the questions going, what do you want? No comment. Happy Easter. <laughs> it's not called Scumbags of TNT. Exactly. But it could be, right, Sean? Oh, of course. So there could be a, a hostile takeover, like uh, NWO taking over WCW. So sticking once again with AEW, and I know this is the favorite part that Steven's been waiting for. Time to rant. Did you like this week's episode versus uh, 
NXT, which had basically two, uh, well three matches, but two main matches that were should have been on uh, Takeover. And even though WWE puts the NXT show on the network the next night, that you could wait till Thursday to watch it, it still beat AEW, not by many viewers, but it still beat them. And AEW is a one-time run as opposed to WWE getting replay. Is it on AEW's uh, production and what they put out uh, for being a fault losing anytime they do to NXT, or is it just what's going on? And your thoughts on this week's show. So before Steven rants, I'm just going to say this. Uh, Sheeta versus Britt Baker, uh, match of the week um, for both shows. But uh, other than that, uh, I will I will let it be that because I want to say positive comments about AEW before Steven shits all over it. So here we go. I mean, the Britt Baker-Sheeta match. Was a good match. That I will not shit on because that actually had my intention. And then the horseshit came. This is where I, after this match, I turned it off because sweet mother Jesus, that was had to be the worst match of the year. The tag team best friends versus fucking Kenny Olivier and Michael not whatever the fuck oil boy is. It was horrible. If I wanted to see that sort of horseshit on my TV, I would find it on the internet. This is what will kill AEW. It was the worst thing I've seen, and I've seen some shitty independent shows, and it made it look like Wrestle Fucking Mania. He fucking puts oil on his chest and to stop the chops. Oh fuck me, that was horrible. And then in the finish where he pulls the fucking thong out. Fuck off. That is horseshit. The flying 60 knot. Fuck me. Like, no. I literally turned it off. I had to record the rest of the show, and I turned it off because I could not watch anymore. This will be... If they continue with this sort of horseshit, this is what will kill them. So do you feel that... And I totally agree that that match was uh, ridiculous and garbage. Is, do you think that's why fans made it tuned out and went over to uh, NXT or? Yes. You know? well, there's no doubt. Clarence, your thoughts on this week's uh, AEW show? I loved it. Are you fucking high? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I didn't see it. So okay, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here and say I Go loved it. That fucking horseshit. And tell me that you would let that on any show that you would ever help out with. Well, I wouldn't I help out with those. Fucking paychecks <laughs> on it that you would not let that show on. What? Clarence puts his own show on. Yeah. Watch that match and tell me that you would let that on your own show. Well, I'm going to have to now. Do you, you know your thoughts on AEW? Like, Did you watch it? I would fire and beat the piss out of them because that was fucking horseshit motherfucker and then i want listen to jim Cornette, and he has well that's my idol right there but motherfucker it was horseshit so that's what's wrong with you you're a jim Cornette fan oh hey now whoa 
<laughs> well, don't get started on that. But that it was horseshit. I don't care what anyone says. Go watch that match, and you just you're like you could see some cheap independent wrestling that's better than that. What are you drinking there, Sean? I have Mountain Dew. Oh, Maloney. Oh, me? Yeah. Okay, so this is a free advertisement for this. Anyways, this is the beer that I have fallen in love with. You you know it's 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, right? And then yesterday, I discovered this one. It's after Un- 12. I opened, though. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm doing a podcast, multitasking, cooking two hams as we go. Uh, wife and daughter are out. So, yeah, I'm enjoying this, uh, not hosting, enjoying this beer. So, here we go. Brewdog Punk Did IPA. Did you watch the fucking show on Wednesday, the horse shit? Did I watch it? Yeah, did did you go slit your wrist like the rest of us after watching that like match? See, I'm an Omega fan, so I, I can't uh, oh, I can't <laughs> I can't piss on anything that Omega's in. Um, the fact is, I'm not a big Nakazawa fan, but um, and then the best friends, of, you know, I'm a, a Orange Cassidy mark as well. So uh, it's uh, if if they're in the match, I'm not going to shit on it. Uh, Nakazawa by himself, maybe. Yeah, um, you can be a fan of theirs and still go, that was ridiculous. Hey, I tell you what, you want to talk on Terry Woody? The fact is I'm a huge fan of Tarek, okay? But the fact is, if Sebastian Suave's in the ring, who gives a shit? But I'm not going to piss on the master if Tarek's in it, so there. Would you fucking let be okay if Tarek pulls his fucking thong out of his and <laughs> uses it as a fucking cloth? Tarek wouldn't do that the same way Kenny Omega didn't do it. But I, know, I, could, but see, I could see Sebastian yeah, Suave doing cool. something like that. <laughs> It was horseshit. Think about it this way. Sebastian Suave takes off that tracksuit, and that thing you know he's got uh, fucking Lita-thong going on. It'd be better than the shit I just watched on Wednesday. That was horseshit. And I think Trent is talented. I think Kenny Omega can be very talented. And he gets me at, like, oh, I, I can watch some of his matches. Then he gets involved in something like this, and I just want to... Like the week before, Kenny Omega versus Trent, really good match. Was it? I think it was the week before, or two weeks before. And then they come back with this horseshit of a tag match that will be the death if they continue shit like this. Will be the death of AEW. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot then. In a perfect world, because I I, I want to get a sense of who you are as a, a wrestling fan. Perfect tag team match right now, 2020. If everything were to exist. Are we talking every promotion in the entire world? You have to pick two tag teams to go up against each other. A match that you're going to give a five star, six star rating to that you're going to thoroughly enjoy. It's not going to include thongs. So, who would you pick? The Revival or whatever they're going to be. Actually, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express. Old school. New, it would be probably. A revival versus. Hmm. I could live with the Unbox versus them because they would be the perfect opposites of each other. That could be one of those matches. Okay, so you're forgiven because you you just proved that you have a uh, good taste in wrestling. At times. Yeah, I mean. I do not like. Did you watch that tag match though? Yeah, well, for the most part, most of it. 
I tuned in late because I was uh, I had to reset the internet and stuff like that. So start it from the start. The stupid promo thing in the uh, trailer to the end of the match, and tell me that is not the worst thing you've seen. You know what? As we're doing this show, because I'm not hosting, I'm going to watch the match right now. So there we go. Uh, it was not the greatest. Okay. We're going to see a suicide on live on TV on the, your podcast. No, no, no. I, I, I've learned my lesson about that shit. I'm not getting banned again. Um, no, the fact is I, I will put it on a side channel. I will watch the, the match as we're, we're still doing this. So, Daniel, your thoughts? Did you watch AEW? Uh, fortunately, I didn't see it yet. Don't waste your time. There was one match that was good. I mean, two matches, I guess. The Sean Spears-Cody at the end was good. Until the ending? Getting well, pinned while in a figure four? I know. That was dumb. But at least the match itself, the whole body, was decent until the ending. But the Britt Baker match was clearly the match of the week. And I'm hoping... If they do more shit like that and less stupid shit, it'd be amazing. But they tend to do more stupid shit and less good stuff. So with the situation, though, that is going on uh, in general for all of wrestling, WWE did complete WrestleMania. Do you have any interest going forward or just watching it because it's wrestling? Who, me? Anybody. Sure, go for it. Give us your big rant again. <laughs> I, I actually am interested. Well, I watch, I tape SmackDown, and then it's. It, I don't really get where they're going, Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, but that could be interesting. I mean, I'll always watch wrestling. I 99% of the time prefer the independents, the local independents. I've seen some really, really better shows than the big companies at smash or at Midwest. I mean, that's the shit that I would prefer, but unfortunately right now I'm limited to what's on TV. So you've got somebody with you there, eh? You, uh, you're aware of that. Yeah. That's so a friend. We're not going to see you hacked on camera or anything like that. Well, if you make me watch that horse shit of a tag match again, probably. Uh, horseshit one, horseshit two, and the best friends, and fucking Orange Cassidy who can't take his fucking hands out of his pockets. Clarence, never book fucking Orange Cassidy. Please, dear God. Hey, Clarence, if you ever want to book Orange Cassidy, I will uh, I will pay half of his fees as far as his booking fees go. We have that on camera. Yes, we do. It is there, and it will be on our podcast when it's distributed on about a dozen different pro- uh, platforms. Great. I will hey, fucking pick it outside your building. <laughs> I'll make sure you're banned from that building. Hey, Sean, so we're an hour in. We'll tell. We'll make up a poster with a different address and send it to him. <laughs> Sean, so, we're an hour in. You, you want to fill people in on what we're doing right now? Well, it is the 100th episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Uh, 100 after starting with the Sharpshooter podcast with you. Uh, we're available on about a dozen uh, different outlets, but 100 is uh, kind of a milestone. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. 
for those audio listeners, how do uh, people get in touch with the uh, Scumbags of Wrestling? Well, of course, there's the, uh, our uh, group page on uh, Facebook. Just a while ago, we were trying to get to number 400. We're actually at 434, so that's on Facebook. Our videos are on YouTube under Scumbags Wrestling, and it can be emailed at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. All right, so just for the record, I'm loading up that match. Um, oh, shit, can you guys hear that? No. Okay, that's a good thing. All right, so I will I will give my thoughts after I watch the match here. Yeah, well, it looks like we are getting ready to uh, wind down uh, with uh, Jonesy not being able to come back. Our trivia is out uh, now. And uh, so just any final thoughts on uh, what you see uh, going forward with wrestling? Let's just, let's just get this wrapped up so we can get back to putting on shows and going to shows and having a friggin' life. So uh, are you guys uh, still hopeful of a show on May 23rd in Wingham? Or I mean, are you getting down to the crunch time of uh, having to make a decision? We've been in, we've talked about it all the time. We haven't made a decision as of yet. It's one of those, even, even if everything goes back to normal, are people going to come out? That's, that's the big thing. Are you all of a sudden, you know, going to get 350 people packing into a room a month after all this is over with? Probably not. So, I mean, it's, it's all strategy. We got to figure something out and move forward from there. Yep. Uh, pretty much the same with any company uh, going on, just waiting and seeing what's uh, being advised by government and different officials. So, yeah. Like, I know Smash is, Smash is done until June, I think, Seb said. Yeah, they uh, put out a uh, message a week and a half ago saying that everything in April has been canceled, uh, definitely up until June, maybe July. Yeah, which we kind of go by, you know, me and Seb talk all the time, so... Yeah, we'll see what what happens. I just want to get back to it. I've I've been missing it. Yeah, I think everybody's uh, missing it, and whoever uh, gets that first uh, show out there, they're going to get a lot of people. I think uh, going just to support it and be happy that it's uh, back for something they can go and watch and gather for. So we should we should as as promoters. We should all come together and just do like a you know five six hour show with ten or eleven different promotions in one spot. Like just have a huge super rock party. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But good luck with some of the politics. Yeah, <laughs> there is no politics that exists in Ontario independent wrestling. Okay. okay, and you like this tag match, so clearly we know where your brain is. I just watched uh, fucking who is it? Trent on the mat, Nakazawa have him up in the corner, and they basically pull him. Oh my god, that that's, that that shot looked like it hurt. Cup or not? Yeah. Well, you can be in that fairy tale world of that match and knowing and thinking that there isn't politics in independent wrestling, regardless of where it is, whether it's Ontario or another place. But, yeah, so definitely hoping uh, things can uh, get back to normal and uh, get out there. Um, there is one thing, though, that we I've been working on 
Uh, Chris, can you uh, get ready to pull that uh, picture up that I uh, sent you? Yeah, so I'm going to briefly kick everybody off here, and I'm going to bring up the photo, and then I'll bring everybody back. So just one sec. Okay. You have to go pick it up. That's fine. Well, yeah. Hey. So, John, you're back live here. Yeah, no worries. So we're going to have to just edit out that little bit of uh, section when we go audio. But what uh, people are seeing or saw briefly on the screen is a mock-up of the future shirt that's coming out in celebration of uh, number 100 and independent wrestling in Ontario. And it's comic book style. It's going to be our uh, new shirt. And you have some of the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory students. You have some of the best in Ontario scene. And it's going to be a comic book style for our next Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt. They'll be uh, priced at $30.00. And yeah, be able to get through uh, Twisted Tees out of uh, Alora. So he, the artist that I've contacted, his name is Nigel Lewis. He can be uh, looked at for his other uh, merch uh, and drawings that he's done at NCL Studios on Instagram. I saw a drawing that he did of uh, Shotzi Blackheart. I saw one of Kenny Omega, uh, even Rosemary and Jody Threat. And I just knew that I kind of have to get this guy to do our new shirt. And I threw out some names on the indie scene of those that I like. And he came back with this uh, rendering. So as you see, there's people like Tyson Dukes. There's Sebastian Suave. Uh, three of the Buffalo Brothers, including uh, Blackwood, Garcia, and Bennett. There's uh, Banks, Carrick on there, King of the North, uh, Carter Mason, Jody Threats on there, and uh, in the factory with Shiloh, uh, Paul Boone, both members of the Revival, or the Revolt. Somebody has the sirens going off. Welcome to Toronto. Okay, there you go. There's uh, Casey Spinelli up there, Jim Strider, um, also uh, did, you, did, you get, did you get releases to use their likeness yet, or has everybody signed a release for them? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to uh, make that into a t-shirt, hopefully, and uh, then encourage uh, anybody who purchased a t-shirt that they're going to uh, proceeds going to help uh, with this downtime and uh, help fund some uh, stars that need uh, the extra cash. It looks pretty sweet. Yeah, and uh, the coloring still is being done. I spoke to him this morning and I can only imagine what it's going to look like once everything's uh, in place. So that's hopefully... What was that, Clarence? They're going to look pretty wicked. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely impressed with his uh, work. And, uh, yeah, you can check out Nigel Lewis on Instagram, NCL Studios. And uh, watch out for our uh, Facebook page for the official announcement when it is available through Twisted Tees. Any other thoughts on what you've seen so far, guys, with that? I'll have to get me one of those. Yeah, that's definitely a must-have that I'll be getting. I mean, yeah. I'll get one of those if you get one of ours. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I was looking at your sweater. Oh, you're 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 
doing shirts? Yeah, we have Midwestern Wrestling shirts. Dude, are you serious? I, we, I was at the first show, and I've been in Toronto. I have the first, not- the first oh, show. I was sitting pretty much right beside you. Bought a shirt, placed it right on the table. He actually I held was, it up like this as we're doing. Sean. I was talking to Sean. Oh, he didn't buy your one. oh wait, wait. Oh, okay, never mind. There's mass confusion going on. Anyways, oh, yes, gosh. Midwestern Wrestling has shirts. Stephen, did you know that? And, and they got hoodies. Clearly not, but I will have to buy one now. There we go. <laughs> Do you ship to Toronto? We can ship anywhere. We uh, actually have a uh, we have a shipment going out to Nug shortly, so we'll uh, we'll have to get one for you out there too. Yes, because Nug will be at the next show whenever that uh, happens. And can we awesome. put Stephen in a ring with Nug for that second Midwestern show if it happens or when it happens? We can. Maybe have yeah. a T-shirt on a on a rope. <laughs> on a pole match. It would be still better than that fucking horseshit tag match. Uh, Chris, I do want to talk to you about that tag match on Thursday because I would love to get your actual honest opinion on your. Okay, okay. You know what? There's there. I will I will debate you on Thursday. I will watch the match in its entirety, and then basically, me and you can have a, a, a nice gentleman's discussion about the uh, the match uh, on TNT. Another thing that you shit on, by the way. Yeah, for listeners of this podcast, please join us Thursdays uh, on Facebook and on YouTube for Thursday Night Throwdown TNT. Uh, Chris Maloney and myself, we uh, run down what's going on with the news. Sometimes have drop-ins like Stephen, Daniel, Clarence, Doug. We got a bunch of people to join us, but as you heard just now, they're going to uh, debate the validity or at least the quality of that tag team match from last week's AEW. I guarantee Thursday I'll be wearing my Kenny Omega shirt, so uh, um, I won't be wearing a thong, though. I'll tell you that much, though. One can only hope. That he is or that he isn't? That he isn't. Well, okay. Just clarify. Too much information. How do you make four people uncomfortable on this show? Just talk about thongs. There we go. So, guys, uh, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, I I did a drop earlier as far as what we're going to talk about on the show. Last bit of uh, history, and I'm going to take over just for a second here. Why the Scumbags are wrestling, Sean? Why why the podcast? What's your motivation behind it? Um, You know, what's... uh, what are fans going to see in the you know by the end of 2020 as far as what you've got going on besides t-shirts and stuff like that? Okay, well, uh, reason for the scumbags wrestling, I've uh, mentioned numerous times on uh, our po- different podcast formats, is the fact that you know we were on the opposite side of the ring at Smash events from the wrestling nerds, and you know having both sides hyping up uh, the matches, hyping up the crowd. You know, you got a little rivalry there, and uh, guys like Jake and James and Nathan uh, are connected with uh, Scumbags, sort of naming with Shockstock and even Comic-Con, and so because they're part of the group, that's where I got the name from. We started off uh, doing your podcast with uh, The Sharpshooter, and as time went on, we talked about splitting off and doing more indie on my end and you want to do japan on your end and so 100 episodes later here we are and so as far as it goes once we get back to uh wrestling as we hope 
to have known it or know it in the future. Uh, doing more events like hanging out at uh, Midwestern, doing uh, live cut-ins, hopefully uh, hooking up with maybe a couple more organizations. And I've also been thinking if uh, things start getting back to normal, doing two a week where one is dedicated to indie wrestling and maybe some interviews, and then the other one being mainstream with WDAEW. That way, you know, people don't have to sit through one if they don't like uh, one half. They can get the whole and the other stuff that they do like in one show. And to think at one point in time, you couldn't even use Skype. Now look at you. That's right. Come a long way. All right. Um, uh, with regards to our podcast that we do together, we always throw, uh, uh, you know, time to guests to give plugs and stuff like that. Daniel, what's going on in your social media world? Because I know you've got YouTube channel and everything else going on. I've been trying to add more videos to my YouTube channel, which is Canadian Blu-ray. And then what's uh, what's that all about? Because I know you're a huge collector of certain things. Uh, mostly it's the Blu-rays I pick up, but I've been trying to add more video games, uh, action figures, and the occasional celebrity interview. Now, you're a fan of the Power Rangers as well as Transformers, eh? Yeah. All right. And then uh, last question for you. What's the uh, what's the last DVD that you uh, picked up and watched? Uh, the last Blu-ray I picked up was... The new Charlie's Angels movie, but fortunately, I haven't watched it yet. There's lots of time to be doing that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Four days. Steven? Uh, not really much going on here. I was when I moved to Toronto. I got really excited because I was able to go to a lot of independent shows, which were actually it was really cool to be in a big. I mean, London's a big city, but there's not a lot of wrestling going on. Where Toronto, it's almost a show a weekend you can go to. Um, so I'm hoping that things get start to get back to normal and be able to get back out there and watch a lot more independent wrestling. Kind of sad because I did buy tickets to War of the Worlds because it's right not that far from me. Um Kind of sad that Smash was canceled because I was looking forward to going back to that at the rec room. But, you know, hopefully things start to get back to normal and we'll be able to get back to watching real good independent wrestling here in Ontario. Clarence, what's the latest on Midwestern wrestling as far as hopes and dreams for July, August, per se? Um, well, dreams are that we pick up pick up everything and just keep on plugging away and keep selling out places that we that we always go to i mean we still have a championship belt that's that's hanging on my on my door frame here it's got to go to somebody so you can bet that we're we're going to once this all goes away and we can go back we're going to come back bigger than bigger than you guys could have ever imagined Definitely looking forward to that and being a part of that show. All right, Sean, what's uh, what's your final thoughts on 
independent wrestling and what fans should do right now to support as well as when the floodgates open, how excited are you going to be to travel around again to, to go to these shows? I'm looking forward to hitting as many shows as possible when it does come back. Um, I had reached out to some talent to see if there was anything we could do to help them. They just basically uh, said if you can plug that they're available on Pro Wrestling Tees and check out your favorite uh, talent and uh, support them with picking up some merchandise while it's available. And that would go a long way. Plus, then as soon as the matches and uh, dates get uh, announced, get out there, get your tickets, and welcome these guys back. Yeah, we're going to, with the T-shirts and the merch and stuff, we've already we already put out one for Tyson. Um, but we're going to start putting out some some other talents merch and a way to get in contact with them um, on all of our platforms for Midwestern Wrestling. Excellent. And Chris, how do we get in touch with you for those looking? Well, I'm all over the fucking place. You know that. <laughs> but if I, I, I don't, okay, so I'm not as, as out there as you are as far as having like 60 different things on, on the internet, but uh uh, my main two babies are cwnonline.ca, which is my kind of news style website that uh, I try to get as much out there as possible. Um, the other thing that I do, obviously, is TNT, which I love the name of. Um, you know, it's a very good name, TNT. Those initials, they, they flow together. Um, someday I may make a TNT championship for maybe the best guest that we've ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, yeah, the podcast, the website, and then uh, helping uh, helping people do uh, their own shows that uh, might have hit 100 episodes or something like that. So uh, anyways, uh, from me to you, Sean, congratulations on this, because I remember way back in the days of doing the Sharpshooter podcast, which I think was fucking, what, two, three years ago at this point? I mean, it was, it was technology was not like this, and then all of a sudden we uh, started doing Google Hangouts on air, if you remember that, and that got a little bit easier. And then all of a sudden, I developed, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, I discovered StreamYard, uh, which is, has the ability to do this video thing right now. And then uh, how you do all the audio shit and the video stuff that you do, um, still learning the ropes on all the the video editing stuff. But uh, again, for me to you, congrats on this. And hopefully we uh, we see you do 200 episodes. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. And thank you for uh, being part of this show. So until next time. Take it easy, and we'll uh, talk some wrestling. Thanks for having us on. As always, anytime. Yeah, there's one thing I wanted to add. Uh, that shirt looks pretty cool. The one you're coming out with. You thinking about adding any more wrestlers to it, or is it just the ones that are... Nope, that's as many as we look like we're going to be able to stuff in there. There's about 20, 21 different uh, talents. So uh, I know there's a few that I would have loved to have uh, had added uh, to there, but this is what we got, and uh, we're going to make the best of it, and it's going to be popping uh, really nicely, I think, when Nigel's finished. And I wanted to show this, too. <laughs> is that the movie that Chris was yeah, talking the, about? Yeah, Monsters Brawl that was brought up earlier. Got a couple autographs on it. Nice. Need to find a way of watching that then. Yeah. And take Jonesy's recommendations. So, yeah, once again, thank you guys. And be sure to catch this podcast on any of the uh, available uh, outlets, including Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes.
All right, very good. Are we good? Are we good? We're good. All We're right, good. send it off. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Find something.